Hello and welcome to the Downstream Podcast. My name is John Stinson. This week, I'm interviewing Dr. Bernard Alvarez. Bernard Alvarez has been a spiritual teacher and activist for over two decades and has counseled thousands of people around the world, guiding them to greater insight and a renewed sense of purpose. He's a certified Reiki master, an ordained minister and doctor of metaphysics. He's also the author of The Book of One, and has published hundreds of spiritual teaching videos and has appeared in documentaries, television and radio shows. So you can imagine my delight when Bernard decided to accept an invite to appear on the Downstream podcast. So Bernard, thank you so much indeed uh, for coming on to the Downstream podcast. Welcome and... uh, uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me, John. I'm very happy to do this for you. Excellent. Well, thanks again. And, and uh, I think the first question that I wanted to put to you uh, was um, your journey, really, how you've got from being uh, from from where you came from uh, to uh, being the uh, the spiritual teacher you are, and also the the uh, global activist. I find that a fascinating mix, and would love to know uh, how that came about. And uh, and I. I read somewhere that uh, uh, although you originally came from Miami, you, you moved quite yeah. early on to to Cuba. Is that right? And no, no, my family's from Cuba. Oh, okay, right. So you were. Um, you, you did you live in Cuba or? No, I never did actually. Oh, crikey! I don't. I do apologise. I've got completely <laughs> got right. the, the wrong end of the stick there. Uh, but I did. I did read that, um, that there was. Um, you had sort of quite a Catholic upbringing in a particular sort of area of Catholicism. Was it Santeria? Uh, well, that was very much a part of our culture in, in South Florida. It's a big part of the Latino culture in South Florida. And um, perhaps, I think it's fair to say, uh, a small percentage of my family uh, either practiced it outright or were influenced by certain practices within the, the, the scope of Santeria. Okay, so what? Uh, how uh, is it? Ju- how is it different to sort of what I would, I guess, what I would normally think of as, as sort of normal Catholicism? Is it is is it particularly different? Or well, it's very interesting how it, how it came about. It's very common uh, within the uh, Western world here, uh, which had practiced their indigenous um, uh, religions. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the, uh, the, the Europeans came and brought over Catholicism. And so a lot of the native practices, indigenous practices, kind of got mixed up with uh, Catholicism. But in the case of Cuba, um, they had brought over many slaves. So the slaves had brought over their African religion with them. And we're practicing it, and uh, as you know, Catholicism was imposed on them, but you know, literally by virtue of death, if you did not convert, uh, <laughs> they ended up hiding many of their African practices uh, beneath the veil of Catholicism, and and that's what has basically uh, uh, what we have today, and and many of the Latino countries in the Latin and Latin America. Okay. Oh, that that makes a lot of sense. It's it's almost sounds a similar a sort of a. Um, religious creole if you like um yes yeah. exactly and, and actually that's not so different to um i think how um the sort of roman pagan religion became christian although it was 
Although Constantine, I think, said, "Yep, yeah, you're all Christian from this day on, this day forth." Actually, a lot of the old uh, pagan, um, or at least uh, yes. Roman, Roman pagan uh, rituals, carried on as normal. Really, it was uh, just as long as they called themselves Christians. Yes, very, very true. It's almost the reverse of it. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Okay, so so um, uh, there, there was. So, so how did you how did your sort of life uh, carry on from uh, from this Catholic upbringing to uh, take me through the sort of stages to to uh, to, to being the, the spiritual teacher you are today? Well, it's it's very interesting, John, and it actually goes even beyond prior to my 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 heavy Catholic upbringing in South Florida. I, I feel that uh, even as a small child, even prior to my knowledge of religion and or spirituality, uh, I had very I was very attuned with the spirit world. Uh, I had visions. Uh, I would see, um, uh, I guess you could call them entities, would materialize in my room. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, I was able to do a simple manifestation type work as a child. It was very interesting. I had never learned how to uh, read tarot cards, but yet uh, I think it was in, when I was maybe four or five, six years old, I was doing psychic readings with a normal deck of cards for all my neighbors <laughs> wow that's fantastic that, that must have you must have made you a favorite with um with everyone i expect yeah it was it was very interesting yeah. but uh, so I, and you I, say I sim- feel... simple simple manifestation is that what you meant by simple manifestation or was there anything particular that uh, you would be thinking of something and, and then it would appear was it that sort of manifestation that type of manifestation i would really wish for something and it would happen wow okay that's fantastic uh, yeah, so please, I, I interrupt you. Carry on. So, um... Oh, by all means. And um, so I will say that I've always had my, my, my foot in the spiritual realm, even though I didn't know that's what it was at the time. Uh, and I believe that's probably why I was so attracted to Catholicism. I love the, the ceremonialism of it. I love the ritual. I love the images, the colors, the candles, and yeah. uh, the statues, and everything that went along with it. And and as I got older, and uh, I believe it's, it's fair to say as I, as I hit puberty, uh, that was about the same time that I discovered Wicca. Uh, okay. And it was, of course, it was very, an interesting way to find it was in the back of a tabloid magazine, uh, one of those, uh, you know, buy this book and manifest your desires, you know. <laughs> oh, right. Well, yes, we you still see them all, all over the place now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, now looking back, it's not anything that I would I would take seriously, but uh, it introduced me to Wicca, witchcraft, paganism, and, and I felt a deep connection to it. Right. And it was at that point when I started uh, moving away from the Catholic Church, as a matter of fact, I was asked to leave Mass many times because of my... Uh, vocal reaction to some of the things they were saying. <laughs> was, but, were, were, so when you say vocal reaction, was was that literally? Oh, that's rubbish. Or, or yes, was it... <laughs> exactly, exactly. I would be in the back of the church and screaming at the priest during the mass. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's probably where the activist came out in me. <laughs> okay. Excellent. And and when you said that it it um, the sort of wicker part resonated with you, it, how did that sort of come about? Then was it uh, that? Um, was it a feeling or was it a, a, was it a knowing what what was it that um made you think no actually this this is 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 uh what i need to to follow well i was always uh, you, you know as i was saying i was always very interested in um i don't, I don't want to say the occult but perhaps the spe- intense 
personal spiritual aspects of it. And what I mean by that is uh, the symbolism, the, you know, the, 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 the practices, the ritual. And, and I kind of did put it aside for many, many years. Uh, throughout my teens, I was a regular teenager. I just wanted to play and have fun and, and, and kind of put all of that aside. And then uh, I think it's fair to say uh, in my early 20s, I was um, shown another book. And, and I, I always share this because I think it's a wonderful book. It was by Scott Cunningham called Wicca for the Solitary Practitioner. Right. And when I read that book, it was like, ah, now I get it. Now, now I'm home. And the one thing that resonated within me the most was the, uh, the prominence of the female divine, okay. uh, the goddess, you know, and, right. and acknowledging the cycles of the moon, acknowledging the seasons, the, uh, you know, as, as they call it, the great wheel of the year, acknowledging the solstices and the cross quarter days. And it made me feel more connected with this planet. Yeah. Um, quite honestly, up until that time, I never, I've always felt, and I think maybe at times I still do, but for other reasons, I always felt like a stranger in a strange land. It was like, who are these people and what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can uh, really relate to that. Absolutely. And so the, the um, so I'm assuming that that that, you, that connection that the goddess gave you with the land and the earth and uh, um, and uh, with your early sort of spiritual uh, connection, I guess that's what you weren't seeing in, in with the um, in the Catholic Church um, at that time, anyway. Right, exactly, or, or in actually any religion, because I had you know I had uh, pondered and wandered around uh, for several years prior to finding that book and uh, tried a little bit of Buddhism, tried a little bit of, um, geez, even the ba uh, Baptist Christianity, you know, right. all different types, just trying to find something that resonated with me. Yeah. And uh, that, that kind of just felt closer. And, 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 and to this day, I, I am a practicing pagan, but um, uh, I, I don't align with all the, the dogmatic aspects of, uh, let's say, northern uh, European witchcraft that that seems to be very popular here in the United States. Right. So, what do you mean uh, by the, uh, the dogma? If you, I'm not quite. I don't quite know about that. What what uh, what sort of dogma is that? Um, for me, it's about. Um, I guess to clarify, the best way to clarify it is that um, the person who brought witchcraft into the 20th century, you know, a, a, a fellow Brit from the UK, Gerald Gardner. Uh, was the one who brought Wicca, modern witchcraft, and brought it into the 21st century. But he borrowed heavily from the Freemasonic ritual. Okay. And uh, I, I, I keep a lot of that out of my practice. Uh, for me, that's more patrifocal, more patriarchal. Yeah. And, and it's it, just for me. I, 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 want, I want clean nat nature religion. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, I, I can understand that, absolutely. And... Um... Uh, so, so yes. Yeah, so, how did it uh, blossom from uh, from from there? Then, the the, the cause, well, you say obviously you still still practice that, but you you had uh, just previously sort of almost I think very similar to myself had um, uh, almost tried different things until you came to something that uh, that, that suddenly struck home with the heart. I guess. Um, well, the big turning point for me, John, was um, I was twenty four years old. 
and I was I was I was practicing paganism. We had a nice little group there, and we set up a library with a ritual room and all of that. I was oh, renting wow. a home. Yeah. I was renting a home in the Tampa Bay area of Florida. And uh, one day, uh, my landlord uh, calls me to the front office, and uh, he says, uh, uh, I just want to let you know that I had to go into your house to do some plumbing work. And I said, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> he saw the room. <laughs> oh, gosh. was, was it, uh, Yes. So the, the idea might have been that he was sort of thinking, oh, they were sacrificing goats or something. Well, that's what my concern was. Yeah. And he goes... He goes, I think it's wonderful. He goes, I happen to be a practicing Algonquin shaman. Oh, God. <laughs> How amazing. What's, an, what's an Algonquin? Because I've been doing some, uh, some work with a shamanic practitioner uh, in, in previous podcasts. Absolutely amazing lady called Taz Thornton. But what's an Algonquin? Uh, well, Algonquin is a tribe. Uh, I believe they're like from the New York area, uh, you know, uh, the New England area of the United States. Right. But uh, what he said to me, he goes, I have a very vast library. You are free to utilize it at any time uh, if you ever have, if you ever want any guidance or anything. So he was kind of the first uh, physical teacher I had. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, for, prior to that, it was books. And prior to that, it was my intuition and, yeah. and just following my inner spirit and my inner guidance. But he got me involved uh, with some shamanism and he started giving me assignments to do and uh, it's very interesting one of the the first assignment i got was um to write an essay a paper on the difference between uh, spiritual emergence and schizophrenia oh my gosh it's like a proper <laughs> assignment then it wasn't it wasn't sort of yes. like you know create a medicine um gift or something it was a, a real uh it was a research assignment gosh, exactly right okay and so, as i looked it up it was very interesting because in shamanism a lot of what a shaman does when he goes into trance uh by modern standards is considered a form of schizophrenia oh uh, okay because well, seeing the dreamland uh during their waking time so to speak yes. but to to move along uh, move this along a little bit uh my next uh, big effort was to do what's called a shamanic vision quest. Right. And uh, for those of you that know about it or don't know about it, it's very similar to what uh, what's very popular right now, the ayahuasca experience, ayahuasca ritual. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, it is. It is the, uh, the in thing, as it were, I think. Isn't yes, it? it seems to be. And this was back in 1992. We did not have ayahuasca. Unfortunately, I had to deal with uh, chemicals. Uh, <laughs> LSD or something. LSD. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a very profound experience for me and my first real connection with the spirit world out of body uh and that is where i connected with for lack of a better term i will call my guides okay and um and from that point after connecting with my guides uh i also connected with um source consciousness during that and when i came back it was almost as if i was uh uncontrollably writing uh passages and writing notes and uh that was the birth of of my book that I published a few years ago. The, uh, that one. was the the first the first half of the book of one was written right. two or three days after that experience. Oh, fantastic! I mean, that must have been well to 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 meet your guides in in that manner must have been a very humbling experience, and 
it was terrifying. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. So it wasn't humbling, I guess. It, uh, so, so was it? Why was it terrifying then? Um, and I feel it's a part of the process anyway. And most people that go through this process go through something very similar. Uh, it's the death of your ego. Okay. Uh, you're you're literally you must literally die uh, in order to get to this place in the in the spirit realm to be able to make that type of a connection. Right. And it literally, I felt for, for quite a while there as if I was going to die. And it was at that moment when I just gave up and said, fine, just let me die, that uh, I made that connection with them. And from the, at that point, then it became a very pleasurable experience. But okay. we, I had to go through the symbolic death of, of my ego, which was extremely terrifying. Okay, actually, that sounds like a lot of initiation ceremonies. That from, yes, uh, very from, much. From lots, lots of different... Uh, um, uh, yeah, esoteric types of mystery schools and so on. Um, okay, so it's a proper uh, sh- shamanic vision quest um, where, because uh, I've heard that uh, it's almost visions of you gets pulled apart, and, and then that's that's as you were just saying the, the death of the yeah. ego there. So then you come out of that uh, and sort of get introduced properly to your guides, I guess. Yes, uh, yes, okay. and and I did not want it. <laughs> <laughs> I came back, uh, I had all of this knowledge, I had all this understanding, I had a whole fresh perspective right. uh, on the world around me, and, and, and it, it, it rocked my faith, because at that point I was already a practicing pagan, uh, and it was like, well, why do I even bother doing ceremony, or why do I bother doing this practice, or whatnot, so it made me reevaluate all of my spiritual practice, it made me reevaluate. Uh, what I was doing on this planet, and I didn't like that. And I was a young man still, uh, making a very large amount of money for someone my age. I was 24 years old, uh, probably making more than $1,000 a week, and this was back in 1992, so let's wow. say that's like $4,000 a week. Yeah. or. That's fantastic. Thirty, you know, three thousand pounds a week, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and Flor- uh, if anywhere near the Tampa, because I've been to Clearwater, uh, and I think yeah, you were you the, around Clearwater. Yeah, that was and there. that's that's a great place to, uh, to to spend it. I should imagine. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, my ego came right back and said, "No, you you must be successful. You must become a, a, a you know. I was in the fashion industry. You must become a uh, you know a famous person in this industry and." And I kind of ignored a lot of uh, a lot of the um, lessons that I learned because right. it was such a shock to me as a young person, yeah. and perhaps I wasn't emotionally mature enough to to um, to handle the truth because it really was truth. And I will say, for a while there, I felt as if I had to become a monk and just give up everything. You know, right. yes. and you have this feeling of you know wanting to give everything up and and just letting everything go. But I had so much that I didn't want to physically let go of it. Yeah. Is is and, that? Do you think that part of that maybe maybe because uh, I know with for my personality, I, it has to be sort of all or nothing. For example, when when I tried to become a vegetarian, I had to stop basically because you, you can't do anything. Um, uh, you know, you, you can't have you can't have toothpaste because it's got something animal in it. Right, right. Um, and you and you you know, so um, I I uh, I stopped um, because I thought, well, this is getting ridiculous. I, I like a nice pint of beer. I'm not going to have vegetarian beer. And I, I wondered if it, perhaps you you have a similar sort of all or nothing personality. Therefore, uh, it's difficult to make that uh, that make that switch. Yeah, I would say at that time I did have that all or nothing personality. It was it was. Uh, and it, it, it was also at a point in my life where 
I was very um, existential in my philosophy where I lived for the day. I wanted to experience everything. I wanted to experience life. I wanted to experience, you know, roller coasters and skydiving and, you know, (laughs) these types of things. So I was in an adventure state of mind. And uh, so that the teachings that are in my book that just didn't work for me at that time. Well, yes, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's an easy choice. Uh, very, uh, uh, it, could, it could seem. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so so what started to um, to eke you away from that then to 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 to, to look at it again? Um, well, let's move up about geez, uh, fifteen years moving forward. Um, I was I was at the place in my life that I had always said I wanted to be. I was fairly successful, nothing you know major, but fairly successful driving around South Florida in a convertible Miata and you know a VIP at the nightclubs, et cetera, et cetera, and oh, uh, had okay. a uh, was running my own uh, business and and doing fairly well. It was a struggle, but it was still everything yeah. I wanted. Yeah. And uh, Hurricane Wilma came along. And took it all away. <laughs> oh wow! I, I mean, lost obviously my, quite literally then. Literally, literally blew uh, blew blew up the business. Literally, we were on the news with the windows blowing out uh, and all of the products rolling down the street. I will never forget that image. And um, and and because of the fact of my uh, tight budget, so to speak, and the way that I was living, yeah. uh, I had nothing. You know, nothing to prepare for, no security uh, prepared for some disaster like this and ended up losing um, everything that I had built. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, started turning a little bit to alcohol and, and, and some drugs and whatnot again. And uh, finally, I, I just said, um, something happened within me. And, and, and I have to say that there was something corresponding at the time happening around the planet and, and I thank the mother or Mother Earth for this uh, there was something happening around the planet this was around 2003 2004 uh, the the Ron Paul revolution had just started sorry and, the Ron Paul revolution right Ron Paul the libertarian movement had had become very popular again and, oh, okay you know and the Fed and uh, you know take down the bankers and, right. you know, I'm with you. all of yeah. these things that, that are basically what Occupy is now or, or what many of these new modern movements are yeah. now are based off of and that along with um, I was still involved with um, uh, with the pagan community and whatnot and Someone had said something to me within the community because at that time social media was taking off. You know, I think MySpace was the big thing back then. <laughs> oh, bless. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> yeah. And I remember posting something um, uh, spiritual or how should I say? Uh, uh, it was like a lesson in meditation or something that I did. It was like, okay, well, this is how, you know, I'm going through a rough time right now, but this is how I ground myself or this is how... I, I try to expand my consciousness or whatnot, yeah. and uh, uh, I believe it was a high priestess, and uh, I won't say her name, but I will say she was a high priestess of a Gardnerian pagan coven. She said, how dare you share our secrets publicly? Oh, no. And, and, you, and you were literally just saying, look, this is, I just want to get this out off my chest, as it were. Yeah, and oh, I was like, no. okay, well, this is what I do, and, and I ended up, you know... I believe it was a video that I did on YouTube. YouTube had just started. Yeah. And I believe Sky News picked up one of my videos and 
propelled me into the spotlight, uh, literally without asking. And here I am with nothing. Uh, I believe I was at that time I was almost homeless. I would be homeless within a couple weeks after this. Yeah. Uh, and being propelled into the spotlight through my videos on YouTube and through my social media interactions. And I got so angry at this woman for saying, you know, these are secrets. Nobody can know this. And I said, you know what? Everybody needs to know this. Everybody oh. needs to learn how to contact their higher self. Everybody needs to learn how to do these practices, you know, do these rituals, do this, uh, learn how to connect with their own personal spirituality. And if that includes something that might be considered a pagan ritual, so be it. But All right, good for I'm you. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to share this. You know, how dare you say this? And and because of the, at, like I said, at that time, uh, we were looking at this upswell of uh, of truth. You know, I, I I believe that was when the whole 9/11 conspiracy stuff started coming out, right. and and uh, so much uh, quote unquote truth that was being hidden from us from mainstream media. Thank goodness for social media and YouTube and the like that a lot of this information was coming out. And the one thing I thought at that time was, what's the best thing I can do to help this movement? Yeah. You know, all this fear of the Illuminati, you know, and they're controlling us with Luciferian rituals <laughs> and, you know, all this secret symbolism and, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're controlling us through our subconscious. I said, well, instead of letting them control us, we need to learn what those symbols mean. We need to learn what the rituals are. And use it for the good of all humanity. Okay, so it was, it was from your perspective, you were looking to really uncover, and, and this almost sort of uh, inspired by this woman had said, you mustn't share this stuff. Oh, Actually, yeah. you were saying, no, we, uh, let's uncover this, let's find, let's release its um, fear, if you like, by uh, um, uncovering it and, and uh, giving people access to it. Yes, exactly. Oh, fantastic. Okay. I, I felt these were tools, or these are tools, uh, that give humanity power. Uh, it empowers humanity to uh, live in a spiritual sovereign state. Uh, I don't believe that, you know, I, I, I do believe there is media manipulation out there. I do there, believe there are fear pornographers that profit off yeah. of uh, manipulating us through fear and, and dividing us uh, yes, as yes. a community. And I felt that these tools needed to be released to the public. Uh, little did I know that at the same time, other people were thinking the same thing I was. Okay. Uh, and more and more I started seeing uh, what is now called, the, you know, the, the awakening started happening, what I call the awakening. Yeah. These people are awakening to the, the geopolitical corruption going on uh, through the bankers and the Rothschilds and, and whatnot and currency and fiat money and et cetera. People were waking up to their consciousness being oppressed through media, People were awakening to psychic ability just spontaneously, and because of my uh, because of my popularity on social media, they started writing me and they were asking me for answers and how how do I do this and you know am I going crazy? That's the number one. It's still the number one thing. Ten years later, <laughs> right. people asking me, "Am I going crazy?" <laughs> Yeah. Would my government really do that to me? Yes, they would. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's the inter that's an interesting thing because I, I think what because um, I, I I've not managed, I've, I've read about um, uh, coming up to two thirds of uh, your book, the one, and um, and also from what you're talking about now, uh, the 
something I'd never really grasped, I guess, was that the awakening was not just a spirit, a spiritual thing, but also a thing about awakening to how the world works. And it, it feels certainly in my life, I'm coming up to, uh, I'm sort of mid to late 40s. And in, in my life, I don't think I'd even really thought about it being, uh, you know, um, okay, so so politicians are a bit dishonest, but, but not to the extent that um, it appears that that, uh, that they are uh, and yes. and uh, and actually uh, it wasn't that it was only a few years ago that it uh, hit, hit me on the head that they don't actually run the the business they don't actually run the the country in the first place no they don't uh, um and uh, you know and that's and so i can understand why people would uh, would suddenly be in a lot of confusion and, and therefore mm-hmm. asking you well what, what you know am i going mad am, am i am i getting a sort of schizophrenia if you like exactly you know, and many of them are labeled uh, conspiracy theorists. And don't get me wrong, many do go down the path of conspiracy theory, but uh, that seems to be the common response uh, to say that, you know, my government doesn't look out for me. Oh, you're, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's, it's definitely a way of, um, I mean, I, I think there are conspiracy theories and conspiracy theories. And, and right. I think so, some of them, as you say, almost get into that uh, fear porn, if you like. Uh, yes, to, unfortunately. To, yeah, and, and, but some definitely seem to have something that, uh, some, you know, merit to, to think about. Yes, yes. And um, uh, so, so that, and that explain. I think that also explains to me, because you're, the title that you have a, a sort of a spiritual teacher and global activist when i first sort of read that i thought i sort of thought um how did those two work together but but, <laughs> uh, but but now it makes complete sense yeah um, actually um and i and i do that uh for a reason because i i i, I believe that if i say the word spiritual activist uh, my my work gets lost in that title <laughs> yes but I do believe I do believe in it as a spirit a spiritual activism, and uh, for me, spiritual activism is removing the veil of of illusion, yeah. and if that includes uh, un, you know revealing uh, the, the the extent of the corruption of our governments, the extent of the corruption of our corporations, but as well. Um, revealing the true knowledge of ourselves, revealing the the the. Uh, uh, consciousness and the and the um, possibilities that we have as energetic human beings, uh, I feel is also a part of that. So that's where, I, that's why I use those two terms, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think that's that's um, it's a really good a good path. I think uh, it's um, and, and it was. Uh, I think it's it, you know your, your courage. I think to stand up to uh, the, the the priestess to say no, everybody should do this. Because certainly for me, I think uh, in my in the, the where where I currently am, I'd think I'd have gone. Oh God, she's going to put a spell on me. I, I, uh, right. I'm going to have to apologise and say I'll never do it again. It was wasn't me. It was the it was the cat or something. Right. Um, so uh, so yeah. So, so showing that bravery, I think, and and obviously that it has drawn a lot of um, a, a lot of people to you. Uh, to get to get that uh, guidance, um, um, it's very interesting how how it happened, and uh, I, I haven't talked about this in many years. So let me share this little uh, short uh, uh, un, uh, story of of what happened after the whole uh, awakening to the to yeah. the corruption and and whatnot. I, I ended up 
being homeless, literally. Mm-hmm. I was living from couch to couch to couch and God. dragging my computer with me everywhere I went. I left everything. I gave up all my material possessions. The only thing I grabbed was my cat and my computer. Oh, my God. And, uh, and here I am, uh, 30, you know, my mid-30s, early 30s, I guess, yeah. um, and just giving it all up. And uh, it was during that time that my guides came to me and they said, you're going to unite those who are awakening. And I'm like, well, what do you mean by this? They're going to unite <laughs> those who are awakening. I'm like, well, that sounds a little creepy. <laughs> and they said, Global Illumination Council. I was right. like, Global Illumination Council. And that, I didn't quite get it. I didn't quite get it. And this was while I was living with one friend. And then several months later, I was living with another friend. Now, mind you, um, I, I never really learned computers. I never learned computer programming. I never, I, when I went to school, we were doing Apple basic, you know, I missed right. DOS and windows and all that. Right. <laughs> I never learned anything about HTML or anything like that. And, and one night I'm sitting in front of the screen and, um, something within me gets motivated. It's like, okay, now it's time to build the community. And I said, what do you mean build the community? What is this? And I start searching, you know, doing a Google search, search engines, and um, something came in front of me called Ning, N-I-N-G, and I think people know what it is. It's a pretty popular community platform. But again, I had no idea what I was doing. I've never done programming or graphics or anything like that. I would say within three or four hours, I had a full-functioning social network. Wow. And we named it Global Illumination Council. And I think it's fair to say within the first year, we had like 2,000 members of people wanting to know what's going on or wanting to share their story or or wanting to connect with um, others that were going through the same experience. And it it was a wonderful uh, online community for many years. And it was very helpful at that time in our history, I would say, uh, you know, of the planet and how we're awakening right now. It's a, uh, it's a fantastic title. Uh, your guides were, you, you, they had a winner with that, I think, the Global oh, yes. Nation Council. Um, so so t- tell me more about it then. So because it's because it sounds because it's it's more than just a, a, a portal, as it were. Yeah, well, um, you know, we, we cre- I created the social network. I didn't mean to. And um, uh, I decided to take to the airwaves and mm-hmm. uh, I got up. I, I created a radio show on Blog Talk Radio and. Uh, the next thing you know, I'm getting all these, you know, famous people that want to come on my show. I was like, really? Thank you. Or people that I would consider famous in the movement, you know, yeah. people that I looked up to all of a sudden wanted to be on my radio show. I was like, thank who, who, you. Who, 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 what sort of people there? Oh, well, I, well, our first big name was um, uh, John Trudell, which I don't know if you know he, who he is, but he's a... has been around since the 60s uh, for the American Indian movement. Okay. And uh, very, very well-known, very uh, actually quite famous. I believe he's Angelina Jolie's stepfather, and he raised uh, her. Okay, right. And he's best friends with Willie Nelson, and they do this whole thing with the hemp, you know, legalizing hemp and yeah. and whatnot. So we had him, um, uh, I would say the next, uh, what, what I would consider a big name, Brian Forster, who does alternative oh, yes. archaeology and yeah. ancient aliens and all that. And oh, cool. he's actually now become quite a regular. We have him on a couple times a year, and he's become a good friend and someone that uh, 
that I'm, I'm happy to be uh, working with, actually. Yeah. Uh, people like uh, Carrie Cassidy from Project Camelot, mm-hmm. uh, Miriam Delicato, uh, who's a very well-known, uh, internationally known UFO abductee, uh, who also wrote a book on her experience. Um, but people, like, like I said, like that, that I, that I looked up to in the movement, and suddenly they were on our show. And uh, now we're, we've now moved over to Revolution Radio, which is a, a greater, much bigger platform for me. We, we went from, you know, 3,000 listeners to like 30,000, 40,000 listeners. Oh, wow. <laughs> so so that, was, you, that was a couple of years ago. And you that, don't mess about with one or two percent. You, you right. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that made a big difference. And that's been, that's been great. And I like being a part of the family there. They're a good, okay. good group of people and a good group of, uh, of other radio hosts there it's like a, a seven days a week 24 hours a day uh you know radio of the people by the people um so that that came but that came along I, I, again the radio show started during the global illumination council uh during that time i started doing live video interviews and uh would uh, interview people on live stream uh then i got uh very involved with the occupy movement when occupy uh Wall okay. Street came out yeah. and uh, got very involved here locally with Occupy Roanoke as a facilitator. And so we became uh, kind of a hub. Uh, the GIC, the Global Illumination Council portal, was uh, kind of a hub for a lot of the um, Occupy leaders from across, around the country. And uh, we'd all like interact with each other and we'd all, you know, we'd, we'd meet online, you know, in our chat room or something like that. Uh, so that became very interesting. And then uh, another very interesting thing was that uh, when I first came out, I, I don't think I've ever shared this, but I think you're going to appreciate this. Mm-hmm. When I first started doing it, I was doing um, Anonymous had started attacking me. Oh, really? The hacker group, and not one of them. I, I don't know from, from what area they were at. Uh, and I, I have since come, become friends with them. And this is the funny part. They thought I was a Scientologist. <laughs> Right. I was like, no, 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 not, that's not me. That's not what I do. <laughs> God, what was it that they thought was Scientology? You know, major Scientology. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe this one person had a problem with me sharing okay. meditation or something. Okay. like Okay, right. So they sort but of whispered in their ear. He's a Scientologist, you know. Somebody whispered yeah. in his ear that I was a Scientologist, and he started threatening me and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, years later, um, Anonymous has been a great supporter of my work. Quite yeah. honestly, I was going to say it would seem aligned. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, that's fantastic. Okay. Uh, um, so, and so uh, you're, you now continue with the, um, with, with this movement along with, um, and I guess, uh, so, so what, what is it that you're involved with today then that, um, that continues that work? Uh, well, you, you were mentioning Revolution Radio. Right, right. Well, well, John, um, along the way, um, I would say last year, we, we, we've, the life force of the, uh, Global Illumination Council kind of run its course. Uh, our board decided to uh, dissolve it, so we did dissolve the Global Illumination Council, and uh, I was getting ready to retire from all of this, quite honestly, and uh, right. you know get a proper job and you know, <laughs> just kind of give it all up. And after you know, didn't take long for people to say you can't, you know, it's too late. The genie's out of the bottle. It's too late. Okay. Uh, so I decided to go along and uh, work as an individual. Uh, I'm very happy uh, that uh, many of the people that work with me behind the scenes at the Global Illumination Council uh, continue on with me. Uh, we've taken on some new uh, volunteers that have been very helpful with social media as well. 
And so now I have BernardAlvarez.com, which I I believe that's probably the website that you saw. Yes, yeah. And uh, I continue doing the same work just under the, you know, just under the uh, BernardAlvarez.com title or moniker. But uh, nothing's really changed. Uh, Nothing's really changed except for the the name. And uh, I no longer have a board of directors to answer to, which has (laughs) been very freeing. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yes, you you are are very much a man on your own um, from that point of view. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm amazed. I I didn't realize that um, uh, the global communication, uh, it had sort of run its course uh, and that... um, uh, that you th- even would even think about retirement, um, because I, I wonder if that's it's a role you can re- retire from. Uh, and I guess everybody, and I guess everybody said no, no, you, you have yeah. to carry on, which is great news. Uh, so somebody said you'll never get a job. All they have to do is Google you. I was like, you know what? You're probably right. <laughs> Seriously, I've, I've got to know what what job would you have, would you be interested in? What would you've gone for? So then, if you that if you weren't actually- doing this. I was thinking about going back into the fashion industry again. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, it is a shallow, well, from the outside looking in, it could be very shallow. Uh, but there are some very um, uh, philanthropic or uh, companies within it. And I was right. thinking of going back to work for um, uh, Paul Mitchell, which is a very philanthropic or, uh, corporation. But um, and they're very earth friendly and, and whatnot. Yeah. They have a great, uh, a great environment and, atmosphere yeah well that actually that, sounds that quite be... a good quite a good idea actually <laughs> yeah because <laughs> uh, i think there would be a lot of call for that but in uh you know in a, a whole group of a, of a if you like aware people um, yeah yeah because that would that would be you know you still want to look good exactly um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um right so uh, it's um the uh the, the book of one i was just wondering perhaps if you could tell me more about that because it's uh probably because i haven't finished it all yet and i'm so i've still only got to about just over halfway i'm coming up to two thirds so i was um i was wondering you, you um because there seemed to be this gap where you had this download of information right. and then there was this sort of 15 year gap and then um you know then you then then the, the book when, when did the when was the book published was it um what 2010 was it uh the the first uh, volume, I guess you could call it, was put out in 2010. Uh, that was um, a very ugly <laughs> publication. Right. Uh, it had a lot of, um, uh, I mean, it just had so many typos and the blocking was off. It was very unprofessional looking, but I had to get it out there. I had yeah. to get it out there. And um, I will say at the time, uh, I was working with this woman, very interesting uh, story leading up to this. I was working with this woman who was actually uh, was invited as a guest on my radio show. And she wasn't even invited. Her boss was invited, who was, uh, <laughs> who was uh, uh, the head of this um, you know, uh, law of attraction, empowerment, coaching uh, oh, organization. Right. Yeah. And uh, because the, the boss couldn't make it, she said, well, I'll step in and, and fill in for her. Well, we hit it off immediately. I loved working with her. She was a great guest. She, she knew her stuff. She was, you know, very aware of the work that I'm doing, and her, her goals aligned with my goals. And actually, she helped me found. She was the co-founder of the Global Illumination Council, um, Annabelle Montalbano, and she writes the foreword and was a instrumental part of writing this book. So as she got to know me, she said um, she discovered 
the book of one. Right. Said, oh my God, Bernard, you have to publish this. You have to get this out there. You have to, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to, this information yeah. needs to be released to the world. And I'm like, well, Annabelle, it's, it's kind of a, a booklet. You know, it was only like 40 pages. I was like, she's like, well, do you think that you could get them to come back? I was like, oh no, they're back. They've been, the guides had literally for lack of, for lack of a better term, they were, I don't like to use the word possession, but they were forcibly channeling through me at well, the time. Well, I've heard that set for a very uh, familiar, common with uh, people who channel that that they you know they can be ever present, and you do have to you know hold them back. You have yeah, to be quite I had strong. To tell them to shut up after yeah. a while, but but they were they were coming through again uh, during that time. She said, "I said, Annabelle, they're here now. I mean, do you want to talk to them?" Oh wow! And she said, "Why don't we?" have them explain the book okay so that's like the first uh, chapter or so is yes. i think yes so but what happens and when you read the book the first passage is the quote unquote wisdom mm-hmm. i'll call it the the passage of wisdom that was passed down to me the second passage on the on the facing page uh, to the right of that is them coming back 15 years later and answering Annabelle, like when she said, you know, she'll say, like, what did you mean by this? And yeah. they'll answer her. Yeah. And she transcribed all the um, all the interaction and whatnot and put it down into the book. Oh, well, well bless Annabelle for for badgering you to get on and, and carry on with that. <laughs> yes. Because, uh, it's it's a I'm really, really enjoyed reading it. And it reminds me a lot of um, uh, the Seth material books by, uh, that was channeled through Jane Roberts. Um, and uh, so it's you know it it has that kind of connection where you you feel like you're reading something live on the page. I, I don't, do, does that make sense? Well, yes, actually, that's one of the if I remember that's in the book somewhere uh, where they 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 instruct the reader do not read with your eyes, feel the words. Yeah, or and, actually, like and actually, you can't. You know, for me, I, you cannot help but feel the words they are, and uh, and the, the you know the book sits there. Well, I've got it to my. Um, well, it's a Kindle, but even so, uh, yeah. it's still sitting there, and I can feel it uh, um, waiting to be read again. Oh, know? good! Yeah, uh, <laughs> very good. So that, that's that's great to to know. So, and I think for, yeah. So, tell me a little bit more about the the sort of some you know briefly, if you like, the, the sort of concepts from that book and, and how that um, sort of as intertwines with uh, your, um, your this, the spiritual work that you've been you've been doing. Well, it is the basis of all the spiritual work that I've been doing. Um, and I don't remember if it's in the book, but I hope it is. Uh, I share a little bit about my, my my shamanic vision quest and the experience I had. And I'll share this with your listeners, is that the main part that really changed my life uh, and, and really got me motivated, again, 10 years later, I kind of ignored the calling, but they literally gave me my calling. And what I mean by that is when I was in the place of, I'll call it the central sun, uh, the source of all creation, I was in that golden light. And I saw pieces of souls going down to Earth, going to other planets, and then returning to the the central sun. And it it looked almost like a lava lamp, like pieces of... um, of the light were coming down to the earth and then returning back to the main light. And that's actually one of the passages that all souls are a part of the one soul. That's why it's called the book of one. We are one soul. And, um, 
I didn't want to leave this place. I was at a wonderful, uh, you know, feeling of complete enlightenment and clarity and love. And and when I was pushed back into my body, uh, the words I heard, and, and it was very interesting. It was in a, it was in a woman's voice. It said, "You must go back and teach them how to come back. Okay. Teach them to return to source." And so that's why, that's what my uh, what I feel my calling is. That's why I'm here on this planet. And that's why, that's what motivates all of the work that I do, all of the teachings that I do. Uh, How wonderful but, to have that calling, uh, to have that, uh, and have that as your purpose. That's, I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. 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 It's a great feeling. And um, uh, with that being said, a lot of the stuff and the material I put out there, um, a lot of people are like, well, what does this have to do with that? Or what does this have to do with that? But for me, I, I put out a lot of s separate material, whether it be from uh, chakra balancing to meditation to connecting with your higher self. These are all um, a part of the tapestry that creates that way back. Uh, I find that if I go and jump right into... This is how you connect with your higher self, and then your higher self connects you to the central source. Uh, people get very overwhelmed. They're like, "Oh, I can't, I can't even meditate." Uh, okay. You know. <laughs> right, okay. So it's about developing a relationship with our energetic self, and that actually must include. And, I, and this is what I, what they told me. Uh, this must include the awareness of what's going on in the planet. We cannot ignore uh, what's going on in the planet. We must be in service to the planet we must be in service to ourselves returning to source not only as individuals but as a planetary whole and a planetary consciousness so that's where the activism stuff uh, is motivated from the yeah. the the very first visions that they gave me when i met my guides this is prior to connecting with the central sun uh, aspect of my journey the first thing the guide showed me were all of the the ugly nightmares of our planet. They showed me famine. They showed me war. They showed me poverty. You know, they showed me, uh, uh, you know, disparity. And and they literally even showed me bullying, like people being mean to each other. And yeah. and they're like, this is what's wrong. Yeah. You know, this is what needs to stop. So that was that's why it's such a big part of the work that I do is is bringing attention to these things. Yeah, and it's um. I'm very glad that you, you do. As um, uh, th actually, there's a there's a quote from the book that I, that I wrote down because I think it's something that, um, it it sort of sums up a lot. I think it sounds also similar to what you you part of what you've had to go through, where where it says, "To gain true wisdom is to experience it, discern what is true for them, and to accept the truth, and to accept the truth as part of their personal construct, mythology perhaps is a good term." or the story of their universe. And for me, that, that seems to encapsulate a lot about the, the, um, the, the breadth uh, of, the, uh, of what we go through and the difference between learning and wisdom, which I'd never really picked up before. And that, uh, and that you help, to, uh, and certainly the work that you're doing is helping us to, to, to get that, make that difference. Um, and so that we do exp you know, understand that we have to experience that wisdom. Yes. Uh, rather than just take a learning, which might be, uh, so you know, so people might at first be um, 
you know, and of course, and you're you're changing the language to make sure that you can connect with them at first, and then they can, uh, as as their I guess their awareness opens further, they're able to uh, uh, then to take on the uh, the separate the different concepts, I guess, the different constructs. Right. Right. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that there are many layers uh, to uh, the Book of One. Uh, you can look at it, you can read it, you can say, oh, what a great book of wisdom. You go back and read it again, you're like, oh, that's, that, that's what he meant. And then, you know, another layer is speaking to the spirit itself yeah. and hopefully uh, bringing up that uh, awareness of spirit or, or higher self or source consciousness and trying to bridge that gap between our our, our daily waking self and our, and our spiritual self. Indeed. So, so you mentioned that they're, they're always there. Is there another book um, likely to, to, to be done? There's a book in here, yeah. <laughs> There's been a book. Uh, I've been yelled at by my guides to put it out, and uh, uh, it's just a matter of sitting down at the typewriter and, and just getting it out there. Yeah. But there will be, a, there'll be, uh, it'll be called one, two. <laughs> Excellent. O, o and E and then the number two. So yeah. it's going to be one, two. And uh, it's going to take it a, a little bit further. Um, hopefully, uh, from what I'm sensing, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of letting it ruminate in the ethers, so to speak, and let it uh, build itself as it is building itself. But I'm hoping it'll be more of a, of a of a life manual, you know, okay. of, a, of a manual of how to how how to live on this planet and still be a, a, an aware and awake uh, human being. Yeah, but be nice to each other. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, I think. Uh, well, I look forward to that, Bernard. Um, Me too. <laughs> Me too. Thank you so much for being a, a guest on on this show. It's been a real pleasure to to talk to you. And uh, uh, so, please. Um, if where's the best place for um for people to to find out more about your work and uh, 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 where, where should they go? Uh, my uh, majority of the collection of the work I've done over the last uh, decade basically is at bernardalvarez.com. Uh, you'll find most of my videos, most most of my classes, most of my um, interviews and whatnot there, as as well as some of my articles. Uh, of course, uh, the most popular one is the YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash justbernard. Okay. And uh, if you want to be a part of the community, uh, I have a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash bernardalexalvarez. And we have over, over 300,000 people there just going at it. <laughs> great. Okay. Well, that's great news. And, uh, and yeah, long may your work continue. Thank you very much, uh, Bernard. It's been brilliant. Well, thank you, John. It's been a pleasure. That was Bernard Alvarez. I can really relate to his comment about feeling like being in a strange land. With the state of the world as it is today, I mean, I can't even get into the head of someone who would want to throw rubbish out of a car window, let alone kill someone or set off a bomb. I really wonder if I'm on the right planet sometimes. Earth can seem a really weird place and a bit nasty. Let me be clear, though. I lead a wonderful and privileged life. However, there's much that I find about this world that makes me so angry and leaves me with a feeling of powerlessness. So I can relate to the awakening. And what I learned from Bernard was that spiritual awakening 
is not a separate thing to awakening politically, well not for me anyway. So I wondered if and how I should do my bit as an activist, or if I'm just falling into an ego fear trap. So I need to be careful that any activism is aligned to my path and not an ego-satisfying trip. If I create my reality, I have responsibility for my feelings and making sure that they are peaceful and of love, not judgment and hate. This may sound like I've been watching too much Star Wars and taking Yoda wisdom a bit too much to heart. That's a lot of truth in Star Wars. Bernard Alvarez's channeled book is a great and concise guide to consciously living your life fully awake and aware. I thoroughly recommend it and look forward to the next book, one, two, whenever that gets written. Bernard mentioned that a high priestess attacked him for sharing secrets. Well, my next guest is Corrine Wilson, an occult priestess, and I'm interested to see what secrets she might share. Until then, be well. Thank you.